the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Hour number two, Bruce Hooley Show underway. Hope you'll be a part of it. 844-TALK-989, our number, 844-TALK-989. Send me an email, bruce at 989theanswer.com. We will keep track of all the latest events in Afghanistan. They're not good. Uh, Live reporting by CNN will uh, give you a window into that. Uh, Dr. Bruce Vanderhoff will address the public today in an hour, no doubt. He will paint a dire picture of the Delta variant and COVID-19 as schools start and encourage people to wear masks. And uh, that's his right. Uh, and I just hope that it stays your right not to be forced to wear a mask. Uh, the uh, Columbus Dispatch today with a story quoting hospital workers. Uh, they don't want to do this again. Nobody wants people to be sick again. But I found in the story a quote that tells me that, look, either vaccines or Natural immunity from recovering from COVID before. Something's working because here's the quote from a frontline healthcare worker named Lydia Walters. With this wave of patients, I feel very control of their feel very in control of their care. We kind of have a routine down now. Nationwide Children's Hospital had a doc a week or so ago who came out when they had that press conference downtown, like warning everybody, oh, this is not over. Watch out. And he was like, our numbers are up. Well, their numbers are up because of a virus called RSV, not because of COVID, not because of Delta. Their numbers are up because of RSV, which is a respiratory illness kids normally get in the fall. They didn't see it last year. Oh, why didn't they see it last year? Because everyone was locked up. That's why. So makes sense to me that it was hovering, percolating, waiting for people to resume normal activities. People get sick. People get sick. People die. I don't want to sound like Andrew Cuomo. But they're not dying from this as much as they were from the first uh, round of COVID. And until they do, I don't see the reason why the rhetoric hasn't changed any. But it hasn't. Governor Mike DeWine yesterday painting a very dire picture. I'm in the uh, let people do what they're going to do. And I don't think I don't think people are really at this point. It could change. I don't think people at this point are amenable to changing their minds. You've made up your mind. No more lectures are going to help, right? Like, there's a word for that when it happens in a marriage. It's called nagging. It doesn't work. Drives people apart. Doesn't bring them together. Well, that's what the governor is doing, and that's what Bruce Vanderhoff, I fear, is going to be doing this afternoon. The other thing that I feared, and it is definitely happening, although I'm not sure how much longer it's going to be happening, because when it happens, it just makes you look foolish. And that is trying to parse... The situation in Afghanistan is, oh, it's not really that bad. No, 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 Joe Biden didn't really totally screw this up. No, just back off on that. I logged on to Twitter this morning, 
and I see over on the right-hand side of the page under the What's Happening headline, photos showing a CNN journalist reporting in Kabul lacks context, according to fact-checkers. Now, you may be familiar with this. In fact, I think I highlighted it on the show the other day. CNN Chief International Correspondent Clarissa Ward. She was shown one day in, like, normal clothing, right? A blouse, a scarf. The next day, she's shown out on the streets wearing a burqa. Okay, the traditional Islamic female uh, dress. Here's what the Associated Press. Man, in my newspaper career, the Associated Press was like the gold standard for fairness, down-the-middle honesty, no prejudice, No slanting. The AP, I had friends who worked there, and man, if you injected any opinion or showed which way you were leaning in any way, shape, or form, you got slammed for it. That was not the AP. Well, it's the AP now. Here's what the AP said. According to the Associated Press, one photo of Clarissa Ward is from an August 15th broadcast where Ward wasn't wearing a headscarf while reporting from a private compound. The other photo shows Ward with an abaya on an August 16th broadcast while conducting an interview in public. Ward clarified the photos were misrepresented, saying she's always wore a headscarf on the street in Kabul previously, though not with her hair fully covered and wearing an abaya. Okay, so here's what we're doing, AP, Associated Press. They're trying to lick Joe Biden's boots and tell you the insinuation is, no, 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 she's just as safe on the streets of Kabul today as she was before. Nothing has changed. The Taliban's in charge, sure, but it's the nice Taliban. It's the Taliban who's you know, going to uh, be scared, be uh, afraid, be reined in by this super mean statement from the United Nations that uh, was issued yesterday. Here's uh, a United Nations spokesperson talking about that statement that, hey, 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 you Taliban, you behave yourselves. And we have expressed in no uncertain terms here at the United Nations through a very strongly worded press statement from the Security Council that we expect the Taliban to respect human rights, including the rights of women and girls. We have also indicated that they have to be respectful of humanitarian law. Well, I mean a strongly worded press statement. Woo! Wow, too bad we didn't issue one of those a long time ago. And maybe we would have held on to any of those areas over there that the Taliban now has. So the AP is clearly carrying water for the Biden administration. The problem is Clarissa Ward stayed in Kabul. And I guess to get their money's worth, uh, CNN is interested in having Clarissa Ward continue to report from the streets of Kabul. And here is a report Clarissa Ward filed just three hours ago. Locke was in the middle, and he's just using it to just 
get anybody out of his way who gets in his way. Uh, there was a consistent stream of gunfire. Uh, we also were just accosted by people. John, it's so heartbreaking. Everybody coming up to us with their papers, their passports, saying, please, you know, I worked at Camp Phoenix. I worked at this camp. I was a translator. Help me get in. Help me get to America. Help me get my CIV, my, my visa to get out of the country. And then the Taliban would just come through. At one stage, this one fighter just lifted his gun up in the air as if he was about to start firing rounds. So we had to run and take cover. And then, you know, uh, the most frightening moment for our team came when our producer, Brent Swales, was taking some video on his iPhone. Two Taliban fighters just came up with their pistols and they were ready to pistol whip him. And we had to intervene and scream. And it was actually another Taliban fighter who, who came in and said, no, 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 don't do that, they're journalists. But, I mean, really, you know, I, I, I've covered all sorts of crazy situations. This was mayhem. This was nuts. This is impossible for an ordinary civilian, even if they have their paperwork. No way they're running that gauntlet. No way they're going to be able to navigate that. It's, it's very dicey. It's very dangerous. And it's completely unpredictable. There's no order. There's no coherent system for processing people, separating those with papers from those who don't have papers. And honestly, to me, it's a miracle that more people haven't been very, very seriously hurt. It, it is truly a miracle. And, you know, you say that a lot of people, they're just not going to be able to run the gauntlet here. We heard you talking to one man who said that some of the paperwork he needs he would need from, it sounded like a contractor who closed up shop in Afghanistan in 20... Yeah, that's uh, that's what it's like in uh, Kabul right now. And that's on CNN. I must crush Brianna Keeler to have to sit there and uh, allow uh, this foreign correspondent to tell the truth about the uh, complete failure uh, on a intelligence level on an operational level, on a security level of what's going on in Afghanistan. I don't want to overwhelm you with that, uh, but it, to me, is a significant news story that we need to stay on top of here from our platform now, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Next, I want to delve into something that happened to a friend of mine in Cincinnati. He's a reporter. He was tasked with covering a worldwide sports celebrity's return to the spotlight this week at a tennis tournament in Cincinnati. He did his job. He is taking untold criticism for it. What does that say about our culture? And what does it say about how we pick heroes? With your kids going back to school this week, I'm curious. Who are your kids' heroes? Do you monitor that? Who were yours? And when you think about that question, how much has changed between how you selected heroes and were able to follow them, be impacted by them, and how your kids select heroes and how they're impacted by them? We'll discuss next on The Bruce Hooley Show. The south side of Columbus is not my part of town, but I'm happy for those of you on the south side who've been dealing with the uh, difficulties of navigating the big highway project down there. It's all done, they say, uh, south of uh, 
Columbus in the Grove City area. What is that? Exit 100, I think. Lots of retail down there and many, 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 many orange barrels the last time I was there, which admittedly has been some side, uh, some time. The Southside Mega Fix is what they called it. I-71, I-70, Stringtown Road. $125 million project. They widened I-71 from three to five lanes of southbound traffic on I-71. That should help. Uh, lots of other things. I see they're getting ready to uh, do something at Sawmill Road. The signs on 270 tell me Sawmill Road is going to be closed for, I think, a weekend. Hopefully not anymore. But uh, I deal with a lot of highway traffic barrels and stuff. I always wonder if the barrels help more than they hurt. I know you have to have them, but am I the only one? They obscure, like, your vision. And I think, you know, they're so bright, they hide cars in them, and all of a sudden things can develop that... uh, Otherwise, might not. But happy for the you folks on the south side that that project is over, and hopefully you can navigate your way into town much more simply now. Uh, I was getting ready to come into the office today when a friend called and asked me if I had heard about another friend of mine uh, who is a sports columnist in Cincinnati. His name is Paul Doherty. Paul wrote a phenomenal book that I would highly recommend to you. It's not just out. It's been out for years. Uh, It's called An Uncomplicated Life. It is the story of Paul's daughter, Jillian. Uh, Jillian is a Down syndrome child. And it is just a wonderful portrayal of all the range of emotions that Paul and his daughter went through, uh, raising a uh, very independent but somewhat limited uh, wonderful young daughter, while also having a son who uh, did not have Down syndrome, normal in every way. So I bring that up, A, because you should read the book. It's a wonderfully charming book. It'll bring you to tears uh, and inspire you as well. I bring that up to vouch for the character of Paul Doherty as a caring human being. And so when... This other friend of mine asked me if I'd heard about Paul Doherty's question to four-time Grand Slam tennis professional Naomi Osaka at this tennis tournament in Cincinnati. I said, no, I didn't. And he said, oh, he asked a question, and he's being accused of bullying Naomi Osaka. Now, I know Doc to be a very uh, tough but fair journalist. Um, He's an outstanding writer. I've known Doc for 25 years. We're not... We're not best friends. We probably have very disparate political opinions. Um, But I respect him as a man, and I definitely respect him as a husband and a father. And I know he's not a bully, particularly of young women. But that's the narrative that is dominant now, that if you ask a hard question, if you do your job and somebody's uncomfortable because you've done your job, Well, then, shame on you, and we're going to bring the wrath of the social media public down atop you. And that is what Paul Doherty is experiencing. Now, I want to preface his question in the audio of what he asked Naomi Osaka with the beginning of a Netflix video on Naomi Osaka. So this is a video that Netflix produced in tandem with Naomi Osaka and her people 
So they're fine with this characterization of Naomi Osaka. I want you to listen about the burden on this young woman. And I have no idea why that's not playing other than our computer may be malfunctioning. No one really knows all the sacrifices that you make. Just to be good. Before I went here so bad. So many people told my dad that I would never be anything. Naomi, she was like an overnight superstar. And I think that pressure weighs heavily on her. I think the amount of attention that I get is kind of ridiculous. No one prepares you for that. I don't know. I feel like I'm struggling. She's young. Everyone has an opinion. Her sponsors, her family, social media, you want to add in like another million people. Growing up, all I was thinking is like, I, I want my mom to like be happy. I want her to stop working. She would work overtime. She would sleep in her car. And for me, that was my whole point of playing tennis. Does that sound like a healthy environment to raise a teenager in? Does that sound like a healthy burden to put on a teenager? It doesn't to me. So it doesn't surprise me that... And then Naomi Osaka's first Grand Slam championship, she beat, I think she beat Venus Williams or Serena Williams. She beat one of uh, Serena Williams in the U.S. Open. And everybody wanted Serena to win that U.S. Open. And Naomi Osaka beat her. And so what happened? People came at Naomi Osaka on social media, criticized her. Okay. So that's who Naomi Osaka is. That's what she's grown up shouldering. At the French Open earlier this year, that's a Grand Slam tournament, she said, I don't want to talk to the media anymore. Uh, they asked me questions I don't like answering. Questions like, why don't I play very well on clay? Which is the surface at the uh, French Open. She got criticism. Those are your requirements. Those are your responsibilities as a Sports, fashion, social media icon. Then the excuse became, well, it's not good for my mental health. And boy, that's that's the get-out-of-jail-free card now, the mental health card. Right? Simone Biles played it, Naomi Osaka played it, and it might be genuine. Earlier this week was Naomi Osaka's first press conference since the French Open. Paul Doherty asked her a very fair question. This is how it sounded. You're not crazy about dealing with, with, with us, especially in this format, yet you have a lot of outside interests that are, that are served by having a media platform. I guess my question is, how do you balance the two? And, and also, do you have anything you'd like to share with us about what you did say to Simone Biles? Um, when you say I'm not crazy about dealing with you guys, what does that refer to? Well, you've said you, you don't especially like the press conference format. And yet that seems to be the, the, obviously, the most widely used means of communicating to the media and through the media to the public. Hmm, that's interesting. Um, I would say the occasion, like when to do the press conference is what I feel is the most difficult, but... And at this point, 
Naomi Osaka went into a 12 to 15 second period where she said, I'm thinking. And then she thought for another 10 seconds or so. And from that point on, she gave a very thoughtful answer. But those who were in the room and were made uncomfortable by a very fair question of someone who does profit off the branding that comes from being publicized were very uncomfortable with it. I'll play it for you next. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.